Welcome back to the Mad Partial Podcast. We're back with the uh, 25th episode of the Mad Partial Podcast. Big 25. Big 25. I got an interesting story. I woke up today and my tooth is chipped. My upper sharp tooth. My upper sharp tooth is chipped. I chipped the upper sharp tooth. I grind and grit and grit and grind my teeth when I sleep, so when I woke up today, after gritting and grinding my teeth, I found that I have chipped my upper sharp tooth. It's been grinding the upper sharp tooth for a while, but now it finally kind of chipped it a little bit. It wore it down for a while, and then it kind of made its own groove to fit in, and... I guess it got, like, in the groove. And then over the course of the night, it just chipped a piece of it. It's not like a big chip. It's noticeable, but not like... You'd have to look at it up close to notice it. So not like... Not entirely a big deal. It doesn't hurt or anything. But there is a benefit into chipping my upper tooth. My bottom sharp, it's my bottom sharp tooth that is grinding the top sharp tooth that chipped it away. It was the bottom sharp tooth. It can no longer fit or get anywhere near the portion that it chipped off. So it did its job in gritting and grinding my teeth. So. Hopefully that'll be the last damage that my bottom sharp teeth will do to my upper sharp tooth through gritting and grinding my teeth. I try to wear a mouth guard. Those mouth guards, you can get these like mouth guard things at Walmart, right? For like 5, 10, 20 bucks, your entire life savings, essentially. And you, you're supposed to like mold in your mouth. And it's supposed to be like a a guard for your mouth. That's probably why they call it a, a mouth guard. And it didn't it doesn't work like advertised. It didn't fit. Like try molding my mouth with it and it didn't fit. So I didn't wear it. And look at me now. I got a chipped tooth. Like I've been in a boxing match or something. Not a big deal. Not even a deal. But that's my little intro. For the Mad Parcel Podcast episode 25, I chipped my tooth. The next podcast is going to be, Guys, I lost my tooth. Actually, I lost all my teeth. And you're not going to believe this one little secret that did it. But we're back with episode 25... And that secret is, I'll tell you a little bit later on in the podcast. We're back with episode 25. We have video podcasts on the Mad Partial YouTube channel. I'm also live with it as well. I'll do. Uh, I'll try to do these podcasts live as well. Uh, you can find it on Twitch. I'm not going to link it or anything. 
I don't expect anyone to go on Twitch to find the Mad Partial Podcast. People are listening to it on Apple, Spotify, uh, and other places. So those are the big ones, though. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mad Partial. Episode 25. Big one. It's the big one. Quarter to 100. We're getting there. One podcast at a time. One topic. Warming it up. We're warming it up. Warming it up. Warming it up. Warming it Roman. We're roaming the streets. Warming it up. But that's sort of the big news of the recent times is that I chipped my tooth. Hope you guys out there haven't chipped your teeth or chipped a tooth or anything like that. Dental health is very important. I don't think I've seen a dentist in four years. Legitimately. And they could probably give me a better diagnosis. You say you chip your tooth, eh? Well, you did not chip your tooth. You seem to have worn down the enamel of the outer portion of the upper right index uh, tooth. That was my funny little bit. I couldn't think of any doctor, <laughs> dentist words to fit with it. Instead of saying, I chip my tooth, he would say a bunch of... Dr. Jargon Gobbledygook. But essentially, he's saying, I chip my tooth. Maybe I need to use fluoride. More fluoride. Or less fluoride. I don't know what to believe. Half my life, I was raised to believe that fluoride is good for the teeth, and then the other half, that fluoride is bad, and... It, it makes you dumb or something. Something like soy or something. I had a friend who I used to work with. Or he worked at the same place. And he gave me the scoop about soy and what it does to the body or something. And hormones or something about lowers testosterone or something. And mentioned like canned deodorant is like really bad because it lowers testosterone I guess that's what he told me and he seems smart he he talked about it for like we talked really fast about it for like an hour so I, I believed every word that he said you know you got, you got my word uh, I believe you man someone that knows so much about that they can't be telling a lie. Interesting. Soy? Decreases testosterone? Fluoride in the water makes you dumb? I think that's just... Phenomenal research. It, it'll go straight to Harvard University. They'll have programs out that are about fluoride studies and good for the teeth bad for the brain fluoride more news at 11 
Why is there something so appealing to uh, topics that are bad to gain traction? Not bad, per se, but like things that aren't, that no one gives a shit about, I guess, that are made into a big deal in the not-too-distant future. Like fluoride. I was raised half my life to think, you know, brush your teeth with fluoride every now and again. I'm not out here drinking fluoride. Well, turns out fluoride reduces testosterone. And they're putting it in the water. The drinking water. Oh, whoa. What next? Uh, downy paper towels are bad for your liver? You wipe your mouth with a paper towel and you get liver cancer. Did you know that? Did you know that? It Paper towels actually suppress your immune system and makes you impotent. More studies and research and news in the next five years on this trifling matter. More news on the 26th episode of the Mad Parcel Podcast after I do extensive research on why paper towels make you impotent and causes liver cancer? Question? Exclamation mark? These are the topics that we dive into on the Mad Parcel Podcast. Speaking of Mad Parcel, um... I bought a pack of Orbit recently. I don't know if you've heard of Orbit. Um, not to be confused with Norbit starring Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy and Eddie Griffin? I think he's in there for like a split second. But it's called Orbit. It's by Wrigley's. This is the Winter Peppermint. Not Winter. Not to be confused with Wintergreen, also by Wrigley's. Peppermint. Orbit. Gum. Cleaning. Gum. Cleaner feeling. Cleaning gum. Peppermint. 14 pieces. Sugar-free gum. This stuff right here. This is going to be big. Because it's sugar-free, but it tastes like it has sugar. And it's peppermint. It's called Orbit. Wrigley's. Gum. I haven't had a pack of Wrigley's. Orbit. Peppermint. Peppermint gum in like 15 years. Or like a year. Or two years. Or like six months. And this stuff's pretty good. I highly recommend it. Comes in a blue pack. For all of you audio listeners, here's a visual aid. It comes in a blue rectangle pack. I got the I got it with me. Here, here you can hear it. Orbit. Peppermint gum, artificially flavored, 14 pieces, sugar-free gum, now for an even cleaner feeling. But that's the thing with this, this Orbit, I think it's really going to take off one day. There's something, there's something potent in the formula that they're putting in Orbit. Either that or they're, they're putting fluoride and soy into the Orbit gum itself, or whatever they're putting into the gum. Whatever it is, it's probably good, because it tastes good and it's sugar-free. How do they do it? How do they keep getting away with it? 
Why aren't more gum companies competing with each other on the market? For these new revolutionary formulas to be put into a gum and then you chew and it's good because it's gum. Sugar free. But I forgot how good gum was. If you haven't had gum in a while, get a pack of gum. Or orange Tic Tacs. Either of those are really good. Probably like the best. But who knows. Big news in the uh, recent as well. There's been some uh, there's been some talks about about Subway if they still have the panage that they used to have back in 2006 2007 and I'm here today to answer the uh, Ansel Ansel to answer the uh, debate and then I'm gonna answer the debate the long heated winded debate on Subway whether or not they still got it. Especially since the 06 fiasco of the explosion in Subway, Quiznos, Subway outlasting Quiznos. I don't see how that was possible, but they got away with it. We're not going to go into the statistics on how that was possible, but they did it. They surpassed Quiznos. They beat out Quiznos. Firehouse Subs is still kicking around. They're not going to last much longer if Subway keeps up with the way that they're keeping up with the times. Meaning they haven't changed at all. So if they were bad then, they're bad now. You thought they were alright then, they're and they're alright now. It's Subway. I got a bag of chips and a uh, like a spicy chicken sandwich with uh, chicken chunks and jalapenos and banana peppers and then vinaigrette and mayo and sauce it's okay it's a it's a subway sandwich it's not like the best sandwich in the world it's no firehouse it's no quiznos it's no hot pocket but i'll eat it i guess a hot pocket really does hit the spot when you're not on a uh or rather when you're on a i don't care what i eat kind of a phase meaning you don't care what you put in your body, then Hot Pockets are a great idea. I don't know if anyone recalls or even knows about this, but they were better than Hot Pockets. They were called Pizzadas. I don't know if anyone's ever been familiar with Pizzadas. They're like. I can't remember the brand name. But they're like. Some type of Mexican brand name. Or something. Like a Spanish brand name. And they're called Pizzadas. They're kind of like Hot Pockets, but. Better Hot Pockets. They taste like how you think a Hot Pocket would taste. Meaning good. And you would bake them in the oven. They came in like uh, packs of like four, maybe six, maybe four, two or four. And they were like two thirds the size of a Hot Pocket. And you would just bake them in the oven 
for however long the package says to bake them for. And they were really good. The sauce was sweet and tangy at the same time. The pepperonis were thick and the cheese was it tasted real. It didn't taste like Hot Pocket cheese. It tasted like real cheese. And the crust actually had a crunch to it because you baked them in the oven. And it actually had a garlicky, buttery crust as opposed to a Hot Pocket saying they have a garlic butter crust, but they, it doesn't matter. It's not. Absolutely. Absolutely not. It's absolutely not a garlic butter crust like a pizzata. The pizzatas are really good. I think they still make them, but you don't really hear about them. The better version of a Hot Pocket. What a Hot Pocket should taste like is a pizzata. If you can ever find a pizzata, and if you can ever, if you can ever find a pizzata wherever you're at, I highly suggest getting a box of pizzatas. Pizzatas are the rich man's hot pocket. But that's just my opinion. Because we all know, we all know, all of us know it, all of us know, hot pockets, we envision. The same with, like, ramen. Like, regular, like, 30-cent ramen packs. We know what, like, the real thing should taste like. Like, a Hot Pocket should, in our minds when we're cooking, and we're thinking, this is going to be a calzone. This is a calzone I'm heating up right now. You cook a ramen for three minutes, you put it in a bowl, and you think, man, this is some nice miso soup with... This is authentic. you got to trick yourself into believing it, as opposed to believing... The reality that it's a $1 meat and cheese filled bread or 30 cents of disaster in a packet. It's not really that bad. I mean, it's pretty bad. But it's the, uh, it's the things we convince ourselves that makes the meal better or better for you, or to rationalize the decision to choose that as your meal. A pack of ramen, or a Hot Pocket, or a Pop-Tart. Eating Pop-Tarts. Don't get me started on Pop-Tarts. Don't get me wrong, I like Pop-Tarts more than the next guy, because I love Pop-Tarts. I really love Pop-Tarts. I had a Pop-Tart last month. And let me tell you, it was, um, it was a Pop-Tart. It was uh, the double chocolate fudge or whatever, where it's all fudge, all chocolate, all chocolate fudge. Yeah, so pretty good. It's a pretty good Hot Pocket. <laughs> double, double chocolate fudge Hot Pocket. You warm it up in the microwave for 30 seconds. Gets a nice crust on it. It's chocolatey. It's it's made by Nestle. Nestle makes chocolate. That is pretty insane that a uh, Nestle founders of chocolate. They actually founded chocolate. They found some chocolate. They put their label brand on it. That they would go 
as far as to make their own chocolate variety of Hot Pockets. I feel like they should have a s'mores Hot Pocket though. Like a dessert Hot Pocket. Dessert Hot Pockets. I don't think that would go well. But you never know. It could be the next big thing. Dessert Hot Pockets. Strawberry Cheesecake Hot Pockets. I can see it now. You go to your local cafe. Yeah, let me get one of those uh, Strawberry Cheesecake Hot Pockets on the rocks. Or something. Don't put it on rocks. And heat it up and give it to me. I got two bucks. I swear, if I find it on rocks, I'm gonna lose it. And I'm, I'll go across the street to a Dunkin' Donuts and get donut holes that they're throwing out because they're throwing out pounds of it. And if you don't have the strawberry cheesecake hot pocket, I will take the s'mores hot pocket or the double chocolate fudge hot pocket. Because I'm not going to Starbucks to get a bagel, okay, with cream cheese, which sounds good, and I will do that. But if I don't get a hot pocket on the rocks, I mean off the rocks, with double chocolate fudge, drizzled in s'mores and marshmallow for two bucks, uh, you don't even want to know. And if you want to know, I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts and then fish for donuts out of the garbage can from the donuts that they throw away because they throw away pounds of it. I got pounds of donuts that I siphon from Dunkin' Donuts at the end of every shift in my fridge. I got 20 pounds of donut holes. What am I going to do with all these donut holes? Do I give them to you for a s'mores hot pocket on the rocks? You betcha. This ad was sponsored and brought to you by Nestle. Grab a hot chocolate while you're at it. And I swear, if I find out that my hot chocolate comes on the rocks, I'm gonna go over to Starbucks, and I'm gonna sit, and I'm gonna wait, and I'm gonna walk in a circle, and I'm gonna sit, and I'm gonna stand up, and I'm gonna run, I'm gonna start running, and I'm not gonna quit until I sit. And then I take a nap because I'm tired from running. And then I wake up and then I go, where am I? And then I leave and I go home to my fridge filled with Dunkin' Donut holes that I got at the end of their shift because they have pounds of it in their trash cans that they throw away every day. I'm feeding the homeless by feeding myself. In my home. And fridge. And they're refrigerated. Refrigerated donut holes for sale. Two for one. Meaning I'm putting two donut holes inside of one donut hole. So it's two for one, which is really three. Because I cut open one donut hole, and then I put it in two donut holes, and then I sewed it back together from the original donut hole that I cut in half, so now it's one donut hole, but it's actually three donut holes. Three whole donuts. Pretty much. With a cup of joe. So, you know, overall, Subway is like a 3 out of 5. I should have got the uh, spicy Italian sub. With herbs and cheese bread, but I did not.
I did not. I went with the chunked chicken. The vinaigrette and the jalapenos, banana peppers, sweepers, a little bit of lettuce. And a bag of Lay's. Just regular plain Lay's. Salty plain Lay's. Who eats regular Lay's in this day and age? I do. It's not my first choice, but it's not my last choice either. If my first choice isn't doing it for me, I'll go bland before I go bankrupt. Whatever that means. It's my new slogan. Whenever I'm really walking the tightrope, I always say that. I'll go bland before I go bankrupt. And I'll be damned if I go bland. But I'll be damned if I'm bankrupt. Forever. Oh, I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning in bankruptcy. Ah. I wish I was bankrupt, that sounds fun. No, it doesn't. I wonder what it takes to be bankrupt and to come back from that. I think I'll find out. I'll make that an experiment. Along with the studies and research that I'll be doing on paper towels causing liver failure and impotence. On episode 26 of the Mad Partial Podcast, I will also be coming back with the results, don't you worry, with full in-depth analysis on my bankruptcy and how it went, what I did to become bankrupt, how I got out of bankruptcy. I'm going to do this all within the next couple days, maybe within the next week. It really depends on my schedule, I guess. And we'll have the results on the 26th episode of the Mad Partial Podcast. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Big studies and big research, big results are going to be shown in the 26th episode. So stay tuned for that. Because not only will I be going bankrupt and then doing the uh, paper towel studies, uh, the same types of studies that they found to be in fluoride and fluoride toothpaste. I will be doing the same research on... And you're not going to believe this. Sharpie pens. Do they get you the same feeling as a regular Sharpie marker? We can test this experiment right now. Just take a whiff of it right quick. It definitely has a good whiff. It's not as strong, not as potent as a regular Sharpie. But you can still smell the Sharpie chemicals. That is good. That's a good Sharpie. Whew. More results on the 26th episode of the Mad Parsh Podcast. Can you sniff a Sharpie marker dead? Like a brand new Sharpie and you just start... You just sniff it until it just won't write at all. Like you sniff so hard into it over such a long period of time you dry out the Sharpie. Find out the results of this question and more on the 26th episode of the Mad Partial Podcast. Not only are we going to be testing the Sharpie to see how many sniffs it takes to 
dry out the m marker itself, but we'll be giving you also the the devastating news and results on what paper towels do to the human male body. And, and don't forget what it's like to be bankrupt and the reason why Subway may or may not have fallen off. More news at 11. Or on the 26th episode of the Man Partial Podcast, rather. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So do. So in today's climate, it's getting cold. You know what that means. Philosophical talk. It was cold, it was old, and I felt bold. My feet were starting to gather mold. I had to clip it off with nail clippers and sand it down because my nails had fungus from stepping barefoot in the grass in the yard, and now I have mushrooms all over my front yard. Thank you, Mother Nature. More news at 11. The thing about it getting colder is that it's getting cold. Brr, chilly. And we're going into another phase. Not politically, not, not economically, not nationally, not globally. I'm talking universally. You heard that right, folks. More talk on universal phases in the next episode of the Mad Partial Podcast. Previously on the Mad Partial Podcast. What did we talk about on the 24th? Who knows? It's been so long. It's been days. These answers and more will be talked about on the Universal Podcast, known as the Universe. Creation? Life. Space. Stars. SARS. We cured it. Polio? More like Marco Polo. Am I right? Out with the bad, in with the good. Why are people talking about polio when you can get in a pool and play Marco Polo? Marco Polo. But he can't because he's in a wheelchair because he has polio. And his name? Roosevelt. Not to be confused with Rosebud. But I think 2022 spring is going to be a interesting spring. For a lot of us. For me. For you. For everyone that's involved in life, I suppose. Nothing much is, nothing much is going to change. But the work that we do now is going to affect the way that our spring goes. Like what we put in today is going to begin its phase and come back around with a detailed report on the results within the next probably like four or five months, right? By the end of March or by the end of April, really by the, by the mid to end point of April, we will start to see the results of our 
seed planting that we do starting now. And that'll be interesting to see the fruits of our labor. Even if it's passive. Even if it means investing $50 into the next... Just some offhanded NFT, for instance, or uh, crypto, or stock. The results of that by April, maybe March, will be an investment worth banking on, or cashing out with. That's how it was last year. That's how it was the year before. People just don't remember. Even though it seems like we've missed out, people that haven't... I, I don't really invest in it, but... I like to keep tabs on it just to see, like, the statistical repetition in the markets and the fluctuations. And it is all kind of random, but general. I'm speaking generally. There's usually times during the summer where there's something big that happens, but people ignore the ground floor and other stuff, so... The ground floor stuff that was probably going on in the middle of the summer... Even though NFTs exploded, they're still on the ground floor. They're probably just now gaining traction a little bit. And you might see a great return on investment on something today that you invest in. You'll see within the next spring, spring of 2022. And maybe that particular thing will only be a little bit of a gain or would even be more of a gain within a year, but plant the seed for like a six-month thing and then reap the benefits six months down the road. That's usually the way to, to do a lot of things, to do um, any particular field, really, is to uh, work from the ground up on it. develop it over time and reap some type of true benefit and ongoing benefit six months down the road. Kind of like playing a video game for people that like games and to play games. Start playing a game today and get better at it. Within six months you'll be really good at the game the next time you pick it up. It's not going to get you anywhere, it's not going to do anything for you, but you'll be good at that game. And you'll have so many friends. And you might get a little bit mad when you're not doing as good in the game. Same with stock markets, that you're mad that your stock or crypto isn't doing as good as it should be. Plant the seed today to cash out six months from now. And then you can sit in your chair of judgment. No, you'll, you'll thank yourself for doing something today and grinding it out until spring so that when you realize in spring what you've done for, and for yourself through the winter, you'll be happy with the results and contempt without feeling like you missed out on anything because you planted that seed and you watched a tree bloom and you watched the fruits and you're just taking the fruit off the branch and taking a bite there's no love or hate behind it you just now have fruit 
from a tree that you planted as a seed and let it passively kind of grow. Not saying that this seed is something that you got to rely on, because if you do, then you're going to be expecting the tree to grow, and then you got to expect, well, it's got to have fruit, it's got to have fruit, because I got to get the fruit. That's not how you do it. Plant the seed, let it grow passively, blooms, and you come back around to uh, just notice that this, the seed has grown into a tree and has blossomed fruit for you to, to take. That goes for anything. It's very. This, this soundtrack, by the way, keeps repeating itself. Let's do this lo fi, no copyright mix. Oh my god, lo-fi sounds exactly the same. Is that a good thing? Or is that a bad thing? It's just a thing. Lo-fi is definitely a thing. Plant the seeds of what you want today. And you'll get them in six months. Plant the seeds of what you want in six months. Today. Here's something that's insane uh, to the people that are listening currently, still listening. I'm very intrigued on this. I, I gotta, I'm just very intrigued in general by this subject, seriously. I've been having recurring dreams for the past. Let's just say year. Round it out to a year. Because I don't know when the first one of these happened, but it was within the year. Let's just say within the time span of a year, I've been having a recurring dream. I don't know if you guys have recurring dreams, but... There's something interesting about a recurring dream, about circumstances or settings or things involved in these recurring dreams that make them recurring dreams and not just off-handed dreams. Especially when certain aspects of your dreams come into your reality. Not in like a confusing or a scary thing. That would be scary though if you and, and it, I guess it could be a scary thing. It's a weird thing. It's a wicked thing. Straight up a wicked thing. I was out of an automobile for a good period of time recently. My old one just kicked the bucket. And within the past year, I just, I, and that's a setup for later on in the story that I'm telling. For the past year, I've been having recurring dreams about, like, driving my first car, 
my first car got totaled, got into an accident, it was a fender bender, it was more than a fender bender, it ruined my radiator, but that was the only thing that was done to it, like it cracked the front end bumper, headlight, a little bit of, a little crack in the windshield, busted radiator, but it was such an old car that they valued the parts to be replaced higher than the value of the car, so the car was totaled. It wasn't totaled, but that's what they said. So I had to get a new one, or another one. Not a new one, but another one. And the other one that I drove before I ran the wheels off of it, I drove longer than my first car, which was a 98 Camry, the first car I ever owned. Leather interior. It was a nice addition. Sunroof, powered windows, leather interior. It didn't have a spoiler, no wing on the back, but hey, it is what it is. And it was clean. So t nearly a, at the time, nearly a 20-year-old car at the time. And the leather interior was in perfect condition. It even had the factory seat covers. So I used the factory seat covers to protect the leather. Really cool. I really enjoyed that car. And then recently in like 2020, late 2020 and 2021, I've been having a recurring dream where I think... I f like I feel stuck in a way not really mentally but like my ball was rolling really fast at some point in certain years and then in the more recent year or two years it's been slowly turning like, let's see, 2016, it was pretty normal. It was like slowly gaining traction. 2017, it kind of slowed down and then it sped up a lot, actually. And then it came to like a kind of a really slow halt near the end of 2017. And then beginning of 2018, started to pick up speed. February, March, April, and then thing went out of control. And then by the end of 2018, it was just kind of, it was just kind of normal. And then in 2019, it kind of wanted to pick up speed, but it wanted to go in a different direction. At still a constant speed, but it just wanted to go a different direction. And that's fine. But then in like 2020, it got like it it came to a screeching halt and then it had to re-spin itself like return like the ball had to be the ball had to be redone it turned into a square so we had to round out the edges to make it a ball again so it basically had to start all over again in a way that's just the phases we go through in life Sometimes you gotta start from the ground up again. 
and it slowly started to to it to build up again. Kind of started. It was starting at the speed of late 2017, where it was like the slowest. That's just me personally, though. So in 2020, it was going at a comfortable pace, and I knew I had to leave my comfort zone eventually. And then in 2021, I had the ball on like a steep hill, and I knew I wanted to fucking barrel down that fucking hill super fucking fast. I don't care how fucking crash and burn out, dude. So I did, and I went very fast down the hill and it picked up speed but I was ex very experienced in what I knew I was capable of that I pretty much coasted it like I hit the it's like hitting a wave a big wave after hitting small waves for such a long time even though I had a big wave that I did hit but I kind of crashed and had to learn from the experience but this was a big wave that I was ready to take on and something about wanting to jump ship not jump ship in a bad way but to jump a sinking ship that's the flighty fleety feeling of jumping from something that's foundationally unstable to something new and fresh started having a recurring dream and in that recurring dream I was and it has happened over the course of a year I would say I had this recurring dream about five six times and they were so vividly viscerally vivid of me driving my 98 Camry like I could feel the wheel I was going places, I was going to different, like, jobs, I guess, and I was seeing faces that were familiar, this is like dream talk I'm kind of speaking of, I was driving my Camry, I knew, because I, I, could, I could see the, like, the tan interior, and I could feel the, the steering wheel, and I, I could feel myself driving the car, and I was just driving on the roads. And I had that, that experience in that dream happen like six or seven other times. And there were pieces in between me driving my Camry that I had inklings of success where I was content constantly going and doing through a symbolic representation of me driving the Camry to these places getting what I needed to get done and the feeling was like satisfying but I felt nostalgic that I wasn't doing that still or I wasn't that I wasn't already doing that in my Camry that I had in 2016 and that I wasn't 
It's like I was seeing myself in these recurring dreams as like a businessman or something, or someone that, like in one of the dreams, I remember, specifically, it was like I remember waking up and it's like 7 p.m., but I'm going to work, and it's like, I know it's weird, but I'm going to work at 7 p.m. at my office job. We're doing a late night. We're doing an overnight shift. But like I'm at this workplace and it's it's like I'm longing for it, the feeling of longing for that. It was so like viscerally real. And I remember waking up from the dream and I was thinking to myself like it felt like I was hovering over myself. As I, as I was dreaming and I, I could see it. It's a stepbrother's reference. I Honestly, I felt like I was hovering over myself when I was singing. And I've had that dream like six, like I said, about six, seven times. With the Camrys specifically. The first car I owned. For the past year. And then recently... I had to get a new car, obviously, because I'd said my other one, I rode the wheels off of it. And I had help from a family friend, or not a family friend, uh, my brother-in-law. He sent me a Facebook Marketplace link of a 97 Camry. Talk about weird. Not weird, it's not really weird. They're great, reliable cars, they really are. And I ended up getting it, and I mean, it's a disaster. <laughs> there was a better one out there somewhere, way out of the way. Uh, but this one was like five minutes down the road, and yeah, I had to get what I could. The market value, the value of vehicles because of the pandemic are skyrocketed. I bought the car for 2200 I wouldn't have paid more than $1,900 for it. Or 1800 Maybe 1900 Or 1800 If it was 2019. Still a good deal for 2021 $2,200. Gotta fix some stuff though on it. But, uh, that's besides the point. I uh, I got the car, and I'm in this Camry. I take it back to my house. And I ended up going to Walmart, because I had a de I gotta detail this thing. It's bad on the inside. It's really bad. Leather interior. It's gotta have seat covers. Gotta have seat covers. Passenger seat. It's got a big gash in the leather. And then the driver's seat. Jeez Louise. The leather is all messed up on it. And there's a split in the back seat of the leather. It's only one split, but it's it's not terrible, but it could be better. Could have no tears. But I go to Walmart to get these, like, just a few basic detailing supplies. I didn't want to go on Amazon and wait days for it, but eh, Walmart's right there, so. Go to Walmart, get a couple things. 
Oh, I had to get a wheel. I gotta get a, had to get one of those wheel things, wheel covers, like the steering wheel covers. That's another bummer. I love the old Camrys and Lexuses uh, wheels. They're really nice, but the top of it was like disintegrated. Like the leather rubber. It's not rubber. I guess it's like a mixture of like some type of leather and something else, or vinyl or something. And rubber maybe but the top of the steering wheel is like disintegrated so I had to get a new steering wheel cover for it but I also got like some random Febreze clip things that you put into the the air conditioner vents the vents and I take it back to the house and I put them in and I'm changing out the radio as well and I noticed that there are the exact same Febreze scents that I use specifically and only in my 98 Camry that I had as my first car in 2016. So now it literally, like, it threw me to the, the back of the driver's seat. Like, my head hit the back of the driver's seat. Got a concussion from it. So I went, holy shit, I am literally in 2016 right now. Like, verbatim, could not be confused with anything else. It wasn't like... Is this the same scent that I... Like, no, it was like, this is 2016 all over again. I'm in a Camry. Same generation Camry. It was a 90... I bought a 97 Camry. The one that I had in 2016 was a 98. But uh, it's the same generation, so the interior is more or less exactly the same. And uh, body is exactly the same. Different color, though. It's got a spoiler on it this time. This time around, I got a spoiler on it. It's got a crack in the light, but I gotta do some. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buff it out. I'll buff out the. Uh, I'll buff out the crack. So I'm sitting in this car. I realized I've been having this recurring dream about me driving a Camry, and now I'm back in a Camry, with the exact same Febreze scent that I had in 2016. I'm just sitting sitting in the driveway and I'm just sitting there thinking holy shit it's like my dream fulfilled itself so that's why I'm kind of like you know what other events that feel that visceral and that real are going to come to fruition from those recurring dreams. It's my wants. It's my... I can, I can go my entire life not wanting anything. Or needing anything. Like, there was a phase where, especially in, like, 2020, where if I didn't have enough money to eat, like, 2,000-plus calories a day, I'll just settle at 1,000 calories a day. I'll just eat once a day, twice a day. I'm lucky. I don't care. If I can't afford to engorge myself in a lot of food every day, I'll just do it none of the days and save the money.
So if I deprive myself of food and other basic resources and stuff like that, I know I can go my entire life not wanting anything. And be like a man about it and assertive. Like, I don't don't care and I don't want this. And I don't need this. But there's something really deep within you in the back of your head that lives in like, I don't know, like the Medubla Oblongata or something. That tells you the stuff that you want because it will continue making your life happy. And that feeling of being in a, my first Camry on a summer night is the happiness that my mind keeps telling me that I want, that I need. Not because I need it, and not because I want it, but because it will benefit me. So now that I got the Camry, I just gotta figure out how to time travel back to 2016. <laughs> and I guess we'll know next summer, actually. I'll have the Camry, hopefully, for next summer. And then I can spend a summer evening in my Camry and think, hmm, life's good. Got the nice Febreze scent. Nah, I was talking silly at the end of it. For that last bit. Time traveling. It felt like it was 2016 all over again, though. That was, that was freaky. That was shockingly freaky. I'm telling you, if you've had a couple cars in your life, the next car you get, make it your first car. Make it the car that you had the most m memorable time with. And get the exact same Febreze scent. Make sure it's the same interior. It will, it will literally nearly bring you to tears. You'll choose that car over a Ferrari any day of the week. Any day of the week. You can't recreate that feeling. It literally made me excited to... to actually upkeep the car. Like, I got work I gotta do to it, but the fact that it's a Camry, same model as my first car, I've had some wicked experiences with that Camry. Like, I'm excited to maintain the car. But it still goes into the recurring dream aspect of it. Like, that was one huge aspect. Something about... If I can relay the sort of brain messages that my... Subconscious was telling, trying to tell me through these dreams is... Something that you can't meditate on. Something that has to happen through a visceral dream to get the point across to you. Uh, to retain that feeling of... And to keep that feeling alive of... That same feeling you get when you're, when you're at work and say it's a late shift. Maybe the sun's going down... Or it's already night, you know, maybe there's not that many people in the office, maybe there's like only a couple people that you're working with because it's like 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, 
Maybe the place that you're at's closing and you're the last workers that are there. Something about that ominous died down feeling. But like neutral feeling where there's no stress and you're still getting paid and something about that feeling that relaxed quieting down feeling like winding down feeling to retain that feeling but for your entire existence so that at any point in time you're never like oh, i gotta i gotta oh, we'll go five minutes before i gotta be there in five i gotta be there in, uh five minutes i'm i'm walking out the door right now i gotta do i gotta go here and uh, oh shit oh shit i'm gonna be i gotta do this i gotta do that and then you get to work and it's just a madhouse oh, I, I, i'm fixing it right now i'm doing I, I got him on the phone i got him on the phone like rid yourself of that not because you can't do it, but because it impedes on, or at least speaking for me personally, it's, it impedes on my want of that constant winding down feeling where nothing is stressful. It's just kind of there and nearing dusk. It's always nearing dusk. Or, on the opposite, it's nearing dawn. It's more of a sadding, it's more of a sad feeling, nearing dawn, as it is to nearing dusk. I guess because I'm a night owl, or I like the night. Mornings can be good, though, but everything wakes up and you have to adjust to everything waking up, and that can be kind of a, kind of a bummer if you're kind of a night owl, loner kind of, kind of a personality. A lot of people are, even though they don't show it. Even though they've never done the night owl life. So a lot of people you can tell. Like if you gave them the opportunity to wake up at night and sleep during the day. That have never done it. They would love to keep doing that. But I, I wonder if y'all have ever had recurring dreams that are like that where you dream about something so many times and you don't go out of your way to look for something in the dream to make it a reality. It just so happens to be presented to you as an opportunity. And then you naturally take that opportunity. Not because of what it implies, but because the situation arose for the outcome to be that what it is. So because of the recurring dream of me driving a Camry for the past year, my most recent car that I just got within the past week has been that exact Camry. Very weird, is it not? And it wasn't like because... It's not weird because, oh, I had a dream about it. It was, it's weird because it was so viscerally real. It felt visceral. The dreams with me and the Camry. Me driving my Camry. 
Like I felt like I was living that. And I guess I was at some point, and I was longing for it again. Maybe. Might be what it was. It's good that I got the Camry back. Got a new radio installed too. Sounds really cool. That was a fun project, replacing the car stereo. The previous owner had the uh, their radio that they installed, which was broken, hardwired into the original components of what the original radio was attached with. So I had to color coordinate the new radio's wires with the uh, the the radio wires that were in the previous radio, and that wasn't too bad. Had a, it had a blown radio fuse, and I had to get the radio fuse replaced. And then the radio started working again. And then the new radio worked. So now I got a new radio in it. This time with Bluetooth, an AUX port, and a USB port, and it's touchscreen. I don't get the touchscreen thing. I like buttons. But that was the only radio they had, so I had to go with it. had to go with the modern... Yeah, I got the modern radio in the 98, uh, 97 Camry. It's pretty good. But I think, I honestly think we underutilize our dreams and we dismiss them so frequently that we don't keep notes on what it is our subconscious is telling us about these dreams, about what we want, our desires. Not our desires, like I desire chocolate, and uh, pizzatas, and hot pockets, and um, marshmallows, and candy. But what our heart desires, and we ignore it to the point that we have a mental breakdown, and we don't know why, when all the signs have been within us, we just, we're too blind to, we were so focused on the next thing that's somewhere out there, as if it's not within us. It's a weird concept, it's a bittersweet concept. But it can happen. We utilize our feelings in a detached but in an attached way. It's a contradiction, it's almost a paradox. We can utilize our emotions in a... a, uh, a teacher and a student type of duality. Where we can look at something and see it as something that we really like or we really dislike and we analyze it based on how we feel about it to make a rational decision on any particular thing. Kind of like with jobs. If you have a job that you feel completely neutral about, keep doing that job. If you have a job that you have as much passion for or you have as much of emotional affliction as your favorite TV show, uh, obviously keep doing that job. You're probably not going to stop doing that job until you run yourself into the ground. And that's kind of a good thing. But if you are in constant distress about a job, definitely leave that job for your own mental and 
for happiness sake must mean that what you're working at doesn't care about your happiness. So if what you're working, where you're working, doesn't care about your happiness, then it's not worth working. Because they are all robots. And I am not a robot. It's just some life advice for you, I guess. Unsolicited, of course, but you're listening to the Mad Partial Podcast. So, who's the winner in this argument? Eh? It's a stalemate. Yeah. Okay. So my... I guess the next thing to think about is what's going to be the next recurring dream that comes into fruition in a positive way. And I'm not talking like... Um, like voodoo type analysis like oh there was a there was a little bird on a on a ledge in my dream so that means i have to move to california and uh become a stripper <laughs> and by a stripper i mean like a like i i strip thing i strip things down like like i tear walls down or something and abandon buildings that's what it's telling me like no like stuff that's clearly what it's about interesting makes you think for the better I would assume and I'm not assuming I know for a fact that it's for the better because we don't we don't analyze our dreams really we go that was weird and I was like here but I was like there I was like what But I mean, not even do like an in-depth analysis, like, I'm not saying like, alright, gotta get the journal out, okay, this happened, and then this happened, like, what's recurring, what's, what's familiar about these, uh, circumstances that is, that's being relayed to you to help benefit your future and the next thing that you do? It's really what it comes down to. And this is how we're going to make the Super Double Chocolate Fudge Hot Pocket. I had a dream. I had a dream one time about a buffalo fish taco. And I thought it sounded amazing. And it tasted amazing in my dream. I don't know how it would taste IRL, but... It was really good in the dream. It was like a fish, like cut up fish filet. And a taco with like a spicy buffalo sauce. And it tasted really good. It was like a soft shell taco. Or a wrap. A wrap. Spicy buffalo fish wrap. I think it was like spicy buffalo, spicy mayo. Spicy buffalo mayo or something. Like spicy special sauce and fish, and it tasted amazing in the dream. And I think that would be a good, wouldn't be like the best thing, but it'd be, be a decent thing. Even for something that was confounded in a dream, it's not that bad of an idea. 
not the worst, not the worst thing. It's not like seeing a bird on a ledge that convinces you to move to Canada and live as a lumberjack and you've never seen a tree a day in your life. It's probably why I grind my teeth because I had such detailed dreams. Probably why I got a chip in my tooth, chip in my upper sharp tooth. I'm just dreaming about my Camry, going, Arr, the Camry, I'm dreaming about the Camry again. Arr, I'm just grinding and gritting, snapping my teeth, breaking them at the root. Or the nerve endings are dangling out like a Ren and Stimpy steel. And there was a scene in a Ren and Stimpy episode where I think Ren had like his teeth pulled out or something and his nerve endings were just dangling and dangling out of his mouth. It was insane. But insanely painful. But overall, I think that's something to take away from the podcast. If you have something recurring or familiar themes without being psychotic about it, being rational, or being rational about it is what you have to look out for. If you know you're in an irrational kind of a state of like, I wish I could do this and I wish I had time to do this and I wish I had time to do that. Like, let out the emotion? Yeah, sure. Be rational about it, though. Like, yeah, I would love to hike around mountains and do this and do that but do I really want to though? No, I guess I don't have to. Eh, if I don't have to, I'm not too worried about it. And if I am really worried about it, then I will get to it. There's no rush. There's no rush in things. Even when playing video games, there's no rush. I just don't get a rush playing video games. I don't get how people get a rush playing video games. They're ignoring the underlining issues. Such as politics. No, I'm not saying they're I'm not saying games are bad. Games aren't games are bad. They're very bad. Oh, they're the worst. But I mean playing video games? Getting fed up with video games or getting too invested in video games is like someone openly telling you they're a loser. Not something that's like, well, that means they're a loser. No, like literally someone coming up to you and saying, hey, I'm kind of a loser. That kind of feeling of like, oh, I'm sorry. If you feel that way, good. Keep keep it up, I guess. I don't feel that way. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that like about you. I just. I personally don't feel like a loser. But if that's how you feel, you know you best. Like, how do you respond to that? In, this, in, in the same vein of someone saying, Yeah, this game. This game I'm playing? Yeah, that's different, though. Someone's describing the game to you. 
but if they're going into detail about like I don't understand how the developers kind of did this with it like uh it's a video game just kind of is like I really wish I could talk to the uh really wish I could talk to the uh, John Romero and um, you know ask him about these uh, iffy things that he did to the game what his design choices were in this aspect just just out of curiosity like when it stops being like a interesting conversation and a borderline negative conversation even when you're playing games with people, a lot of people are just very negative or are too involved in the game. Not saying that's a bad thing, but like, it's about fun. If I like having... It's like when you go to a party and someone's more focused on drinking alcohol as opposed to having a good time, then that's not my cup of tea. I'm focused on having a good time with anything that I'm doing. Dude, we're at a party and I'm here to drink. I'm here to have fun. So what I'm saying is some people are like alcoholics, but with video games. And that's... That's a bummer. Because you can still try to have a good time with people. I've had random lobbies that were really fun that... We're like, we still play the objective, but we had fun. But then there are some lobbies that you can get into, especially if it's like multiplayer games, that are like, either they're praising being good at the game, or if something, if one unoptimal thing happens, they curse the team. Kind of like a drunk person, they'll go from saying, I fucking love you, man, to, I'll fucking, I'll fucking beat his fucking ass. Like, that's not, that's not having a good time. That's, that's addiction. That's mental distress. It's a meme. And that can go a lot of ways in life. Different situations like that. Kind of makes you realize, you know, people that are important to you. Just think about are they like that? Are they beneficial to you in that way? Or are they there because something else is there? Are they at the party because? You know, your presence is all that is needed to have a good time, just there to have a good time, or are they there because there's alcohol and it's a party? Well, alcohol makes the party. Are they in the mindset where alcohol makes the party or having a good time makes the party? That's that's the question you gotta ask yourself. Are people there because the game is making them what's playing with each other, what's making them play with each other, or is the environment and the camaraderie is what why 
they're playing with each other and communicating with each other. That's the real question you got to ask yourself. You got to surround yourself with the people that are about camaraderie and don't take advantage as if they're going to gain something from it. And if they do that, they don't care if you take a loss because of it. What if you really, what if you only had like two beers at a party? You know, you want a third beer. You deserve a third beer. Then you realize some guy over there had 12 beers and he's getting his 13th and that's the last one. Sorry, dude, I already opened it, drank it. There's no more? Damn, that's like a shame. And then they leave the party or something. They drink all your beer and they steal your money and they leave and they don't care if you were damaged in the process. Those are true friends. Now, avoid those people. Don't give them anything. Because they'll just suck it from you. And they're not even... They're not even worth it. You'll get these same people... These people at workplace places you work. I've had people that I've worked with that are like that. They, they suck it out of you. Or they think they're going to suck it out of you. <laughs> That's what she said. Just be on the lookout. I'm not saying don't be psychotic about it and constantly looking over your shoulder, but if you notice it, nip it in the bud and say... <sighs> Even if it's like at its roots, like... I feel like this person's going to hurt my feelings, and I don't like my feelings to be hurt. The only person that's going to hurt my feelings is me. I'd be damned if... I'd be damned if I'm going to let anyone hurt my feelings beside myself. The only feelings I have are for myself to hurt. If someone else hurts my feelings, fuck them. You're dead. To me, that is. <laughs> Not really, because I let things go easily, but... I will avoid you at all costs. Do you ask something from me? Hell no. Why? Because you're going to suck it out of me regardless. Or something like that. Someone's been in that situation before. I can feel it. Who knows? We're here for a good time, not a long time. Well, I, I mean, we're here for a good time and hopefully also a long time. Gotta find a balance for the two. Well, this podcast just got a little bit philosophical at some point. I don't know how I feel about it, but I can't be analyzing my dreams and talking about... I can't wait for the 26th episode where he talks about the paper tie, see if it causes impotence or liver failure. Definitely. It definitely does. It definitely does. It does not cause brain failure but it may cause a condition known to the layman as 
mental insubordination. Not to be confused with mental percolation. If your mind is percolating, you may be having too little of a paper towel in your diet. If you have a mental insubordination, you may have an excess of paper towels in your diet. That's just some of the data we've researched and received uh, over the course of this podcast alone, so definitely tune in for the 26th episode for the final results. The final debate. Paper towels. Are they safe? The final debate. More news at 11. Energies. Can you pick up on someone's energy? I think you can. You definitely can. It's one of those things, too. You never... If you're such an, in such a good place, you're not worried about what happens to you, specifically. Like, you don't really analyze anything or the people around you. But you kind of have to play devil's advocate and nitpick the things that really stand out that are bad in people. Like, that are straight up just not good. Like, character flaws. Not character flaws that make them unique in a good way, but that are, like, sinister. Sinister as in, like, their good nature is not there, non-existent. They're emulating what good good nature is supposed to be like. You have to play devil's advocate and nitpick that if you notice it. And go, well, I know I'm in a good place and I love having fun with whoever I'm with, wherever I'm at. But I gotta put that in the back of my mind and make and make a mental note. They, uh, their good nature is a fucking facade. I will do with that information as I will. I'm gonna keep moving. Don't let it hold you up and go, wait a minute, that thing you just did makes you a piece of shit. So, uh, I'm out. I guess you could do that too. Don't say that to their face, but... Just keep tabs on people. Like, 99% of the time, you don't keep tabs on people. But that 1% of the time... Just make a note of it. If your safety's involved. Meaning if they're involved in your life heavily. Uh, that constitutes safety violations. If they're violating your safety. Mental or physical well-being. Then you have to make those notes. And decide whether or not to cut off a person or and it can be in the the opposite way too where you see things that are very similar and like this could be a, a loyal asset of a of a person or in this case people a, a loyal person striking similarities great looks just like myself uh very funny not as funny as me but very funny no but yes, um, <laughs> no, um, you can do that too, you know, you can use it to uh, cut people out and you can use it to bring people in. Nothing's permanent, so really use it for your benefit without hurting people or giving out any negative energy because that shit's for the birds. And if it's like that, it ain't lit. If it ain't right, it ain't tight. You know what I'm saying? That's just essentially what it comes down to. 
If it ain't right, it ain't tight. If it ain't tight, it ain't right. We ain't down with killing, we down with chilling. It's a trailer park boys quote. It's a good one. It's a good one to send it out on. Pretty deep philosophical talk in today's podcast. We had a few bits. Not as many bits as uh, previous ones, but, you know, it's late. At, it's late. It's dark outside, so... What do you expect? This is the late night edition of the Mad Partial Podcast. If it gets any later, I might get a little bit loopy. I had a burp away from the mic. Maybe you heard it though. Embarrassing? Yes. Kind of cool? Absolutely. Wow, that new, that that dude is straight up nasty. He just burped without any regard. Ooh, can't even guard his mouth. That's fucking nasty. Cool? Hell no. It'll be cool when you fix this damn door. I love that that, that Spider-Man meme has resurfaced. Like, uh, the meme will be asking something like, uh, I'll just make one up, um, like, Todd Howard, when will Elder Scrolls 6 come out? It'll come out when you fix this damn door. I don't have Peter Parker from Spider-Man 3 saying that line. That's so good. That's a good send-out. I'll send it out on that. When's episode 26 of the Mad Parcel Podcast coming out? It'll come out when somebody fixes this damn door. Living like a hobolo. Because of this door. This broken door. <laughs> Alright, thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone. This has been the end of the Mad Partial Podcast. I'll be back. Uh, tune in to the next one for the results. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Have a good day. Peace.